0: Man, I found a new toy. This thing is awesome, man. You got one of those too? Yeah. Ben's got some. In fact, when they came over to do my window, I don't take a mo better one like mine. All right. But uh, anyways, it all kind of started when uh Skylar came over with the, the crew to do my windows and the doors, and uh, you know, when they pulled the doors out and the windows out, put them all in, did a wonderful job, awesome. But, man, I noticed when they were doing a back door over by my chair by the fireplace over there, there was there was a little bit of a dust. OK, you know, I mean, to be expected. And I'm like, oh, dude, I got just the thing, man. So I this has been an outdoor toy. But that day I turned it into an indoor toy. Jack, I'm telling you, bro, it's got potential. But I, I, I took it indoors and I start, you know, blowing around. I'm blowing around over in my, you know, the corner, and I'm like, whoa, I don't even have to move the chair to get the dust out, and I'm going underneath, and then I hit the fireplace and realize I didn't fully clean it last winter, or when it was done, and, and, but I'm like, no big deal, dude, I got more dust, I'm blowing more, and I'm blowing it, and then I go behind the TV, this is no bad testament to my wife's house cleaning skills, because I guarantee you, I could find dust in every one, how many of y'all know we could find dust in every one of y'all's houses? right? Dust, dirt, whatever. And, 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 and so, man, I'm behind the TV going, this is awesome. I don't, I'm not in danger of unplugging anything, man. I'm going at it. I'm going around. I'm going. And how many of y'all know there's junk in the crevices of your couch between the cushions? Have you ever had the guts to dig your finger down there? It's pretty nasty, especially if you've got grandkids and kids. You never know what you're going to find. So, man, imagine the joy going, and all of a sudden, dude, it's all over the floor. And then then I went under the couch, man. How many of y'all ever been, how many of y'all are afraid to go under your couch? Anybody afraid to go? I go under the couch, I'm like, whoa, there's my gumdrop from Easter of 2012. No, it's like, but I'm just saying, man, you're under there, it all comes out. But then I realized the problem. What ended up happening, it wasn't just blowing it out to be exposed. Now, all of a sudden, I try to look through the air of my living room and I'm like, whoa, I have totally stirred it all up, man. It's all up in the air and and I'm breathing it now. And I'm thinking all I'm thinking is my granny used to send me back into." Go collect eggs in the chicken coop. Any of y'all ever had granny send you back to go get eggs in the chicken coop? How many of y'all had your granny send you back there barefoot? Because chicken poop sticks to your feet and it's easier to clean your feet than shoes, right? That's just a little extra for y'all. But anyways, walking back there, man. uh, My granny's always, oh, don't get sarcoidosis. Don't be playing back there. I don't even know if there is a thing as sarcoidosis. But I'm scared to death of dust because of sarcoidosis and if you know about it you can tell me about it but evidently you're gonna die if you breathe in that chicken dust i'm just sitting there thinking sarcoidosis sarcoidosis as i'm looking in my i'm i thought oh i couldn't even see across the room because it was all stirred up and i'm like oh my goodness what did i just do and all of a sudden it starts settling and guess what it settled on everything and all i had created was a mess that somehow I had to clean up before my wife got home from school. <laughs> and all I had was this. <clears throat> so, as a man, thinking, well, I'll just do it better this time, guess what I did? The exact same thing, only I tried the low power. Because I've been in how, how hard you pull the trigger, it's like, okay, low power, I can control where it all goes now. And I hate to admit it, but I tried three or four different ways. To clean the room with this thing, and uh, oh my good, and it did not work. It was frustrating. I probably breathed a bunch of it in. Everything was just such a mess, and um, I, I did the best I could. And my wife was so tired when she got home that she didn't even notice. All right, but the point was, is if all I had was this, and all I could do was just blow it around the room, I had a couple of choices. One. I could get used to it. I could just get used to it and say, you know what? It's going to be in the room. There's dust. How many of y'all think dusting is futile, by the way? Deep down inside, you still do it, but you think it's futile, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I could just get used to the dust, right? I could just say, there's going to be dust. No big deal. What the important thing is, if you're going to have dust, is don't stir it up, right? Because right now, how many of y'all know there's dirt and dust on the floor right now? Dirt and dust on the floor, right? Marley, dirt and dust on the floor. Are you okay with it? You are, but not if I started blowing it all up in your face, you wouldn't be okay with it, right? All of a sudden, now it's like, stop. And, and, And again, so that's where I was at. And so as I was studying the passage of Scripture last night about Paul explains our old spouse, the law, he goes and says, you know, so is the law bad? Is the law wrong? Is the law messed up? God forbid no, the law is awesome. You remember a couple of weeks ago we started revival through Romans of chapter 7 that we took at the fact that we're not married to the law we're married to Christ and we started that and we're going to reiterate that a little bit for those of you who missed it. those of you who want more detail go back and and JJ where are our messages at can you just tell us where they're all at? They're on the website. they're on, the website. They're on podcasts. They're on Facebook. They're, yeah, just Google up Driftwood Church of the Beach. You'll find them somehow. Or call JJ. Get his personal number and call him 3 o'clock in the morning when the Holy Spirit wakes you up. All right? And you can get, we're going to go into a little detail. But basically, you know, Paul starts talking about the law. No, the law is good. And I've never understood, really. I'm 61 years old and I could not understand. How can the law be good? You know? justification by faith, all these tough things we're learning about in the book of Romans. And it's making sense to me. And and so today we're going to look at the value of the law. And you know what? This is remind, when I started reading about this reminds me of the law. This is the law. The law exposes the law reveals sin. So again, how many of y'all like would like me to come to your house and give you a personal demonstration with this? You know, are you good with it? You know, a personal demonstration. Barbara Cooper, are you good for a personal demonstration right here at your house? Oh, uh, oh, you got Amanda, right? Yeah. Before Amanda comes, all right? Yeah. Uh, no. So, so again, you're cool with the. How many of y'all know you got dirt in your house? Anybody got dirt in your house? You live at the beach, for goodness sakes, right? And you got dirt. You got sand. You got stuff. But a certain amount of dirt and sand's okay, right, Tara? I mean, dude, what are you going to do? I can't get rid of it. I can't cover it. We're just used to it. It's OK. And I'm not saying you're filthy people. Right. I'm just saying that's just how we live. But what you don't want is somebody coming in and stirring it all up. Right. That's what the law does. We have sin. Sin is like the dirt in the sand and all of that that is that is in in our lives. Sin. Sin is there. But if we don't have anything stirring up the sin, nobody revealing the sin, nobody convicting of the sin, then and we don't even think about the what's sin, then guess what? We're okay with the dirt of sin, right? We're okay with it. Just like dust, we're okay. So so number one, Paul's gonna tell us, he says, that that like this blower, that I mean, again, there do you think there's probably more dirt on this floor than what you can see right now, Chuck? Man, there's tons, right? Have you ever taken a carpet? You remember your mama back in the good old wood floor days? Your mama taking a carpet out there? And what'd she do with the carpet? She beat the crud out of a carpet. Anybody ever seen a grandma or mom beat the crud out of a carpet? Is it not amazing what comes out of that carpet? And the carpet was just fine before y'all started beating it because you could live with the dirt, right? And that's the world. We live with sin. The sin is there. Don't stir it up. Don't bring it up. Don't tell me about it. I'm okay with it here. But God gave the law to reveal sin, and it stirs it up. It reveals it. And then once sin is revealed, you've got two choices, right? You can either learn to live with it by justifying it, by reclassifying it, by renaming it, by all kinds of things, learn to live with the sin, by, by even praising and glorifying sin. You can change how you look at it and say, well, I can't get rid of it. It's like when I was blowing around in the room. But it was stuck in that room. There was no way to get it out. So guess what? We're just going to learn to live with it. And that's what the world does with sin. So every time you open up the Word of God, every time you share the Word of God, <coughs> every time the Word of God is preached, <laughs> the name... <coughs> sorry, the, uh, the sarcodosis, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's like, uh, but... Every time we open up the word, every time we bring it, the world's like, no, 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 don't stir it up. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to see it. We're good. No. In fact, we like this pile of dirt under this rug. Leave it alone. In fact, we have a pile of dirt church that we have now because we all have a pile of dirt and we're not going to get rid of it. And that's going to be the name of our church. We're going we're to live in this sin right here. So you see, you got two choices once, this, once the dirt is revealed. One you can either justify it and, and make the best of it and learn to live with it and glorify it. Let me ask you a question. Has this world glorified sin? They don't even sweep it under the carpet no more. Which, by the way, that's what I did. I finally blew everything that I could find under the couch. So, honey, one day there's a surprise for you there. <laughs> but Including that jelly bean. But I'm just saying. We don't even hide it anymore and blow it out. The world blows the dirt all over and we glorify it on the news. We glorify it in our TV shows. We glorify it in our music. We glorify it. Look at our dirt. This is good dirt. Who are you to say it's bad dirt? God is who is the one that can say it's bad dirt. And that's what the law is. So you have a choice of living with it, justifying it, coming to peace with it, renaming it celebrating it, or getting it cleaned up, you know? And so all I can do with the law is blow the dirt around, right? In fact, the law doesn't fix anything. The law just reveals. How many of y'all looked at? Uh, Steve, did you look in the mirror this morning? Yeah, and your hair was a mess, wasn't it? It was terrible, and you had you saw it, did, and you had to fix your hair. Did you have to fix your hair this morning? So did you? I've, I've used illustration a lot, all right, but... Did you, you saw it, what what was the object that you saw your face in in and your hair in? The mirror. So then, did you rip the mirror off the wall and try to fix your hair with the mirror? No, because that's what the law, it reveals it, it doesn't fix it, it just reveals it. It'd be foolish to try to fix your hair with a mirror, but people do it all the time with legalism and trying to use the law, I'm going to obey the law, I'm going to obey the law, I'm going to, no, you had to get some other tool to fix your hair, right? And that other tool, the law reveals the sin, but Christ is the one who fixes it. We give our life to Jesus Christ, and we live a spirit-filled life, as you're going to see in Scripture. What do you want me to do now, Jesus? And we do it. What do you want me to do now? And we do it. And he empowers us for whatever it is he's asking us to do. So again, we're going to see the law is like this blower. You're perfectly fine with all this sin, all this junk, whatever, as long as nobody stirs it up. But as soon as the law gets open, dude, if I were to walk through here, I bet if I walked through all these aisles with this thing on, doing this, I bet I could have y'all choking within five minutes. What do you think, Trent? Yeah, you'd be choking in five minutes. Because that's what sin does. We get used to the sin, we want the sin, we're okay with the sin. Even as believers, we come to a point where the Holy Spirit's got to convict us about that sin and the law. That's why we do Bible study, Trent. We go do Bible study not to obey the law, but to see what pleases the one we're married to, what pleases God. If if Christians don't up open up the word, then they get used to the same dirt the world's living in. That's why the church needs the word of God. That's why you need to be in the word of God daily and in, because you get used to the dirt. And all of a sudden, it's not dirt, and you're walking right along with it. But guess what happens? No matter who you are, if, if, if everybody right now, if y'all want to do an experiment with me? Julie is going, nope, not till I hear it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she, she's kind of one of the smart cookies. But I got some of y'all that I'll do anything. All right, on the count of three, let's all just lick the floor. Come on, man. Matthew, Zimba, let's just lick the floor, bro. Not today. Why? Why won't you lick the floor? You're standing on it. You don't want to inject because what's going to happen if you lick the floor, bro? You're going to get sarcoidosis. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sarcoidosis, man. You're, You're going to get something. You're going to get something off of it. And that's the problem with sin. We know that if you're a sinner you sin. We come into the world in Adam's family, no choice, born into Adam's family, and we were born sinners. If we were born dogs, what would we do, Selma? We'd bark, but we were born sinners, so what do we do? We sin, and the reason we know we're sinners is because we commit sin, and sin it leads to death, death of dreams, hope, visions, desires, goals and it also leads to eternal death separation from god you can't do anything about being born into the family of adam but you can do something about staying there you can accept christ's offer and be born again into his family and get out of the adam family get out of the adam's family is that the adam's family or monsters it's all the same right they were all yeah something like that but anyways you can be born again and be born into God's family, and death is gone. And now, uh, and now we're we're married to Christ in this. So let's take a look at Scripture here. But you see the point. This represents what the law, and the law, and all the dirt in the world, and all the dust on the floor, and in your car, and in your house represents what sin. And it's okay. It's totally okay until some yahoo stirs it up, right? How many of y'all ever been to Yehu to stir it up in a conversation? Hopefully you are. And hopefully you do it in love. You speak the truth in love. But many times Christians are afraid, Oh, I ain't stirring that up. I ain't getting in the middle of that. I'm not going to share what God wants to do in that. No, I'm not. No, but that's the only reason we've been left behind. Because if we don't stir it up, who's going to? If we don't reveal who God is, who's going to? That's the only reason he left us behind. It's not to be a jerk. It's not to beat people over the head with the word. In fact, the first way that you show them is through your own lifestyle. And that earns you the right to be able to even open your mouth. And so again, if Christians lay down and nobody, nobody brings up the word, the law, nobody stirs it up, guess what the world lives in and justifies and is okay. And all of a sudden, guess what the church is okay with? And it's like, well, wait a minute, I I don't want to look at the law. That makes me feel bad. <laughs> I'm really a scumbag. Well, guess what? You are. <laughs> That's why you need Christ to be like him. And so anyways, let's take a look at Scripture. You've got the illustration here. And so again, it stirs it up. When it stirs it up, it reveals the sin. It riles rival, up the sin. And it ruins your sinful life. How many of y'all ever had, Brandon, did Jesus ruin your sinful life? He, wait a Did he ruin your sinful life? Listen to what I'm saying. Where it ain't no fun to sin no more. How many of y'all had fun sinning at one point? It was like woo until the next morning, right? Or the next consequences, whatever. But dude, when you know the law, all of a sudden it ain't no fun to sin no more. It's like dang, you just killed my, you just killed my sinful life. Well, praise God. We're gonna see. That's what the law is for. And he leaves us with no option except to give our lives to Christ and let God fix our messed up, sinful life. And then we walk in Christ's righteousness. How many of y'all are glad you're rocking in Christ's righteousness now? Anybody glad you did it? Is there anybody here that says, "Dad, it was the worst thing I ever did! I got talked into giving my life to Jesus. He messed up my sinful life, and now I'm just miserable, and I wish I could go back. Is there anybody? And I promise I'm not going to make fun of you. I will meet with you afterwards, and we'll have lunch or something and talk. But I've offered that all over the world for 30-something years, and not a single person has ever said, oh, I wish I could have my whole life. No, it's like us. I wish we would have done it sooner. Wish I would have come to Christ sooner. In all of that. Let's take a look at what scripture says here. So again, uh, you are married to Christ now, not the law. That is the whole purpose of, of Romans chapter seven. And so we've got to keep this little section in that purpose. So I got to go through the first six verses super quick to take a look at it. It starts off with till death do us part. If you're here a couple of weeks ago, you remember that, that again, Bill and Barb Cooper, you guys are married, right? You're married? All right. So if one of you dies, are you still committed to the, to the vows you made to each other? Are you still legally held accountable to those? No. In, in fact, you could actually get married to somebody else if that's what you wanted. It's till death do us part. That's the vows, right, Emily and Schuyler? Till death do us part. So again, I always joke and say murder is uh, okay, but divorce is not. And it hadn't come to that, right? But till death do us part. Once somebody in a relationship dies, that marital relationship dies, Then nobody's bound again, and that's what he's saying here. He's not giving us marital rules. He's just saying, look, if somebody dies in this initial relationship, then you can get married again, which is good news for you as a believer. So verse one, he says, or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking of those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he, what, lives. So one of y'all dies, you ain't married no more, right? That is a way out, all right? (laughs) That's a legal way out. Uh, till death to us part. For a married woman is bound by the law to her husband while he lives. That's it. But if her husband dies, she's released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. So you can't do that, right? But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, and if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. So again, the whole point of this passage is not to give us rules for marriage, but to simply tell us that, look, uh, if, if somebody dies, you can get out of a marriage. You're only bound as long as you are alive. So when we come into this world, we are married to the law, is what Paul tells us. So how do we get out of our marriage to the law? What has to happen? What's the only way to get out, Chuck? Someone's got to what? Someone's got to die, right? Somebody's got to die. And the law is not going to die, so it's got to be you. Ooh, that gets complicated, right? So when we came to Christ, our old self died with Christ on the cross, freeing us from our first marriage to the law. Let me give you an illustration I've used even maybe a couple weeks ago. But uh, in this, okay, this is Christ, right? And so when Christ came from heaven, right, he came from heaven, came to the earth, lived a perfect, righteous life, never sinned, and then he got crucified on a cross and while he was crucified he took the punishment and penalty for all of our sins all right if you wanted him to do that he took it and paid for it all and and then he was what what did he do at the end he died right so he died and then he was buried and then what did he do on the third day he rose again so that's what's christ's pilgrimage it pilgrimage in this he he rose again on the third day All right. And he's in heaven right now. And he's praying for us. He's doing all. That's what the book of Hebrews is about. All the things he's doing for us right now. So, what he's saying, what scripture tells us is that when we give our life to Christ, this pink piece of paper is you, man. When you give your life to Christ, you are now in who? You're in Christ. Whoops. Sorry. Aren't you glad God doesn't miss? (laughs) You are in Christ. All right. So, you're in Christ. So now. God doesn't live by time, so everything Christ went through, the word of God, especially Romans makes this make so much sense. Everything that Christ went, was, is, and will be, you're in him for the whole ride. So now scripture says, once you give your life to Christ, Terry, did you give your life to Christ? All right, dude, when you gave your life to Christ, you're in Christ. If Christ went to China, where would you be? If Christ went to the Bahamas, where would you be? You're like, all right, Jesus, go to the Bahamas. I'm cool with that one, right? But... But Christ now, he came down from heaven and he lived a righteous life. So you are in that righteous life that he lived. That's what you get by being in Christ. God doesn't look at your unrighteous life. He looks at the new righteous life. And that's justification by faith if you believe that, right? And then he died. So, Kathy, if he died, what happened to you if you're in him? You died. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute! I wasn't I'm like. How old are you, <laughs> yeah, Michelle? How old are you? I oh, Don't tell me how old. I, I was going to ask a woman, but that was stupid. Sorry, Tran. How old are you, man? Were, were you around then? No, but you were according to Scripture. Wherever Christ went, whatever Christ did, you're in Him for all eternity. So you died with Christ, and then you rose with Christ and you rose and you have that resurrection power according to scripture now you are in christ all right so you if christ died and you died what happened to your marriage to the law chuck are you glad you're not married to the law anymore dude you really want to be married to this Every time you do something wrong, they're like, oh, there it is. Oh, and they're always mentioning all the wrong things you do, and they're always right. And they're choking you out. You've got sarcoidosis of the marriage. Man. <gasps> yeah, that's the law. You don't want to be married to that. So you died with Christ when you gave your life to Christ. So the law, you're no longer married to the law, but you are now married to who? Christ. So who do we try to please? Do we try to please the law, or do we try to please Christ? We please Christ. Oh, I'm in love with you. What? And by the way, that's what Matthew chapter 7 says. If you're saved, you have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And and an intimate relationship is, what do you want me to do now, dear? (laughs) I, I don't call Jesus dear, but I'm just trying to get the idea across. Hey, what do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do now? Well, you want to please him, and he empowers you. He gives you the ability to do anything that he's called you to do. And as you do it, it's successful, and you fall more in love with him because it's a cool thing to be a part of what he's doing. You remember when you were married to the law? When you were married to the law, law's like, "Hey, do this," and you're like, "I'm trying really hard." Husbands, have you ever been there? Ben, you ever been there? You get instructions from your wife. I'm not just picking on you, Kelly. It's not you personally. It's every woman, man. I wish if Elon Musk or any of those Zuckerberg want to do anything on Google Translate, they should put in womanies. <laughs> Because there's so many times I'm like, God, I don't know what my wife just said to me. And she's going to start off a conversation by saying, you weren't listening to me. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I was. I just don't understand. I'm not equipped to do it. Can anybody relate to that? Come on, you guys. Be honest. Let me. Yeah. And it's not woman's fault. It's not their fault. It's ours. <laughs> it's ours. It's <laughs> ours. So again, that's what it was like to be married to the law. The law was perfect. We're not. And that's all it showed us is that we can't do it. And it's frustrating, isn't it, Steve? For other guys that you've seen, not you, of course, right? So um, now that we are dead in Christ, we are free from being married to the law. We are not married to the law. We are married to Christ this time. Likewise, my brothers, look what he says in verse uh, four. He says, "Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law. You died. You're no longer married to the law. You've died to the law through the body of Christ, right? Christ died, you died. He fulfilled the law perfectly and you're in Him. You died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another. So the purpose is so you could, you got the, you got, you died. The purpose was so you get married again, Abby. That was the purpose. This time, and look who he says we're supposed to get married to. When you got born again, you died to the old spouse. And, uh, and now he says that you may belong to another. Look at who you're supposed to be married to now. Look why he allowed you to die so you could be married to him who has been raised from the dead. And in an order that you may do what, guys? bear fruit. For who? Do you understand that's the purpose of your new marriage in Christ? He wants you to be successful. The law wanted to show you you're a loser. You can't do it. Look, everything you do is wrong. I'm going to let you know everything you do wrong. I'm going to harp on you when you do it wrong. I'm going to emphasize, I'm going to magnify it, I'm going to publicize it. I'm like, "You're a loser." That's why you give your life to Christ, because then you get married to Christ, and now Christ will allow you to fulfill the law, but instead of being a loser, you'll be a winner. Everybody got your winner sign, man? Austin, man, you got your winner sign, man? Come on, help me out, bro. All right, at least I'm not making you squeeze. I just have arthritis and can't do that. If I did this, I might miss these other fingers and say something I didn't want to say, so I do it this way now. Winner, man. We're winners. We're in Christ. And now, check out this marriage. This is a beautiful marriage. This one is, because Christ says, hey, what do you want me to do now? Oh, I want you to take out the garbage. And here's supernatural strength to take out the garbage and put it in the right garbage can and tie the knot the right way and make it so it's raccoon-proof. And it's like, woo, it's a success. Everything he calls you to do is a success. He's setting you up to succeed. He's giving you everything you need to do it the way He wants you to do it. The power, the desire, the ability. That's our new spouse. That's our new marriage. No longer are you over here saying, I don't even know what you mean and I can't do it over here. You're like, "Woo! what else can I do? Hey, Barb, what can I do for you now? Oh, man, you can like scrub the toilet with your fingernail and, 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 all right, cool, man. Shh. Yes, and, and the new everything you need to be able to do what God wants you to do. He gives you the desire and ability to do it. Which marriage do y'all want to be in? One where you're a, a constant loser, or one where you're a constant winner? You, if you're born again, you're married to Christ, so quit trying to obey the law. Quit trying to obey the law. And we're gonna get into that a little bit more. So, man, my brothers, you've died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who's been raised from the dead, in order that you may bear what, Abby? The last three words. I saw you zoning out. That's why I had to bring you back in, man. So so that you may, in order that we may bear what? Fruit for God. God wants us to be successful. Is that not cool? Is that not cool? And he's going to do everything we need to do that. All right, go ahead, J.D. Next verse. For while. We were living in the flesh, back over here. Our sinful passions, aroused by the law, were at work in our members to bear fruit of death. So every time we listen to what the law wanted us to do, guess what? Somebody has a uh, Steve. You see a you see you see a, a, a bench there. Wet paint. Don't touch. What are you gonna do, dude? You you're gonna sit on it, man. Just to see, right? Isn't that what it says? Don't touch. I'm touching it. Don't do that. I'm doing it. So that's what he says when we try to obey the law. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to steal. Okay, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to do it in your own strength, married to the law. You're going to fail. If you try to obey the law, you're going to fail. But if you try to please your new spouse, Christ, you're going to succeed. You see the difference in how we live? We try to obey a a rule book, we're going to fail. It arouses it. We're even going to see that again in this passage, we're just the new stuff when we get to. He said, they were at work in our members to bear fruit of death. All you could do was fail under the law. But now we are released from the law. Woo-hoo! How many of y'all are glad that we died and we're not married to the law? Anybody glad you're not married to that old hag anymore? And I'm not giving it a gender, okay? I'm just saying that old hag, right? could be male, female. Well, that's all it can be according to the Word of God. That's why we stir up the truth here. How many are glad you're not married to this no more? All it did was kick up the dust. All it did was cloud it up and make us try to accept it because we couldn't get rid of it. and, And then it made us sick. But what it did do is it pushed us to a decision to give our lives to Jesus Christ and live in His righteousness by being born again. And that's the best place any of us could ever be. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive so that we serve. Look at this. We serve in a new way. It's not like, okay, what does the law say to you? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. We serve in a new way of the spirit. And not in the old way of the written code. We serve now in the spirit. Where does the spirit of God live, Karen? In you. So you ain't got to go very far. You ain't got to whip out your pocket scroll and go, now you do need to know, we learn. But the fact is, man, if you guys want to know what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is, go back to John 14, 15, 16, all in there when Jesus was getting ready to die and his disciples were all fighting, well, who's going to be the biggest, baddest one in the kingdom and who's the most important? Hey, can my sons... Jesus like, shut up. You guys don't get it. I'm going to give you another comforter who's just like me the paraclete, to walk alongside you, the Holy Spirit of God. He's going to comfort you. He's going to do all these things. And one of my favorites is John 14, 26. He says, I'm going to teach you everything you need to know, and I'm going to bring to remembrance all the things I've already taught you. In other words, the Holy Spirit of God. What? You, how many of y'all need to know what to do right now? Anybody know what Okay, uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out which I should walk out right now and go get in line at lunch and beat the Presbyterians. Or listen to the rest of this message. So, but, no, you got more serious. Man, what do we do? What, what do we do? Do we do we drop the price, raise the price? Do we buy this? Do we sell this? Do we do we switch jobs or do we not switch jobs? Do we man what what do we do right now? Do I whack my kid or not whack my kid? I'm just like, what, what do we do right now? Guess who you can ask? Hey Fernanda, who can you ask? Who lives in you? Who you're married to. Don't tell Terry. No, Terry's married to the same one, so it's all good, man. It it really works in his kingdom that way. But not the world's kingdom, but in God's kingdom. And so so you ask the Holy Spirit, and he guarantees he'll tell you what you need to know in any given situation, and he'll remind you if he's already taught you that. Among many things, I challenge you, go back and read John 14, 15, 16, all through there, the fruit, the vine, all that stuff, because he was trying to tell his disciples, look, it's better for you that I go away. Sean. wouldn't it be cool to have Jesus walking on your side right there, up to the surf break, (laughs) walking up there to whatever situation you got, getting ready to take the bar or whatever, is that secret? Yeah, walking Jesus. Would you have confidence if Jesus walked up and sat down next to you while you're taking the bar exam? Would that not be cool? You have something better. You're like, huh, I don't know about that. Well, I do because Jesus said, it's better that I go away because in each of you can have someone just like me living in you. But it wouldn't take faith if he's right there. How many of y'all be afraid to talk to your co-worker about Christ if Christ was like right next to you? Ah. How many of y'all be introducing Christ to everybody? Oh, this is my buddy right here, man. Yeah, this is the Savior. Yeah, this is my... Yeah. But it, what does it take? What's the F word, y'all? What does it take to believe that him living in you is better than having the physical Jesus next to you? What is it again? It's faith. And that's what God honors is faith taking what he says and believing it because you're born again and you can. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive so that we serve in a new way in the spirit. What do you want me to do now, God? Do it again. You've heard this before, but what happens? Pickleball Ralph. What happens if you always just say, what do you want me to do now, God? What do you want me to do now, God? What do you want me to do now, God? Where are you going, bro? It circles, Right. What if you're always just doing? I'm doing this for you, God. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing it for you. Where are you going, Steve? Circles, yeah. But walking in the spirit is, what do you want me to do in this situation? God, how do I love my spouse right now? I am trying to teach my wife that. <laughs> she didn't think that was funny, but I'm just saying loving me is a hard thing, honey. And you got it. You need God's help. You can't do it in the flesh. It's impossible. How many of y'all got a spouse like that? Don't raise your hand. You mean all have a spouse like that? Isn't that how he made marriage? Uh, isn't that how many of y'all got put together with an opposite? Right? right. And, and if that was not opposite enough, enough one use male, one female. One's That's even more opposite, right? Right? You, you got a guy in a sense you were made it, so the only way you can succeed is what do you want me to do now, God, and do it? What do you want me to do now, God, and do it? But I guarantee if you ask him, Chris. He will tell you what to do and how to love her, and it'll be way better than anything you think of. Look at her shaking her head. She's agreeing, man. (laughs) It's for all of us, man. But now we live in a new way of the spirit, not in the old way of the written code. Before it was like, okay, how do I love my wife? Let me see the book here. Okay, we're looking at... Section 32, subchapter S, and, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. Oh, yeah, I'd like to see me pull that one off. <clears throat> Any of y'all ever ever gotten a position in your marriage where like, yeah, good luck, <laughs> me pulling that one off? I don't even want to. Well, I will if they do. <laughs> All those things. But now, God, what do you want me to do? And you're doing it for God. And God gives you the desire and ability to do what he wants you to do, and you succeed, right? I don't think I messed your place up right there. All right. So that's the new way we live. Now, (coughs) we're getting to the new stuff, and it's only 1041, all right? If you need to stretch, stand up, stretch yourself. Go ahead and do it. I will not be offended. If you walk to the bathroom, I'll call you out. But that's all right. No, I won't do that unless it's just totally in the flesh and on accident, and I've been known to do that. But, all right. Check this out. Here's the new stuff, man. So again, they're like, oh, so we were married to the law. And the law was this this hag that just always stirred everything up, brought up everything I did wrong and stirred it up and showed everybody and made me sick, took away my sinful life. How dare her? You know, so so in this, Paul's anticipating a question from the people. So wait, the law is messed up. The law is bad. The law is bad. We don't have to mess with the law. And there were some isms that came out of all that. And and that's where Paul addresses this now. And he says, no, no, no. The law, when you are married to the law, it's God's law. God's law is perfect. So when you are married to God's law and, it was, and, and she was being a hag or he was being a hag, whose fault was it? Everybody pick your thumbs up. Say mine. <laughs> it was your fault. I guarantee you. Skylar, have you learned that in marriage yet? <laughs> my fault no i'm just saying but 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 no but seriously if god's law is perfect whose fault is it it's your fault so what he's going to tell us in this next section and we're not going to go all the way to verse 23 i think i only go to like verse 9 today and we'll hit the next part next week if we get that far but the law was a great mate you're like that doesn't sound that great no, it didn't sound great because you couldn't fulfill it. You couldn't do what the law was asking you to do. So the law was a great mate. You were just a sorry spouse, right? You were just a sorry spouse in this. So the law, our old spouse revealed our sin. Okay, just like this. Okay, Jesus, it's really good to see you. Would you like to breathe some Florida dust right now? <laughs> do you want me to reveal all the dirt below your feet right now? How about below his feet? You want me to cover you? No, but that's what the law did. It revealed sin. If you didn't have the law, you wouldn't know what sin is, and you'd come up with your own definitions, and isn't that what the world is doing today? Tell me the world's definition of love. Tell me the world's definition of hate. I mean, do you agree with all of those definitions? No, man, it's messed up. That's why we've got to know the true law, so we know what God's standard is. If we don't know God's standard, then man can come up with any standard he wants and is coming up with that standard and putting it on the media and telling everybody what that standard is. So people who don't know the law don't know it. That's why we as believers have to have Bible study. It's not a ritual. That's why we have to be in the word. Man, if you're married to Christ and you want to please him, can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine, I'm not going to pick anybody out on this on purpose, man, but could you imagine if your wife or your husband actually wrote a book and said, here's some things that please me. <laughs> First of all, you'd be like, oh, but, but can you imagine if somehow you could really know what would please them at any given point in time? That would be awesome because I don't know about you. Sometimes I'm confused. That's why I gotta ask God. God, what do I do? God, what do I do in this? And I'm not saying I have a terrible marriage, okay? Because y'all can identify exactly with what I'm talking about. Smile if you can. Your wife can't see it, your husband can't see it. All right, I guess I am on my own. So, anyways, but 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 the point is is that the point is is that the law shows us how to please God. It doesn't give us the ability to, it just shows us how to, like the mirror and the comb. And so wouldn't it be great? to not be frustrated in knowing how to please your spouse. So God gave us the law. He reveals what sin is. And Paul goes back to his old lifestyle. Look at Romans chapter 7, verse 7. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. That's his favorite word in Romans. He goes, by no means. No way. Not on your life. That's, that's not even close. He said, yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. So the only way you're going to know what sin is is by the law revealing. Right now, you can't see. How, dude, can you even see dirt on this floor? No. I want, you want to see some? I can show it to you. I got to open. I got to fire up the law full of life. Not little like, you know, oh, little daily bread right here. I'm not making fun of daily bread. I'm just saying, you know, here, here's a little bit of law. But no, dude, how many of y'all need that? How many of y'all are dense enough to need this? For God to show you. Yes. I need God to. Ah, Right? You said that felt good earlier, right? Yeah. That's what I need. The Holy Spirit. Ah, I need him to reveal to me what the truth really is about me and my life. And sometimes that hurts. And again, I got choices. We'll get to that. But he said, what shall we say that the law is sin by no means? If it not had been for the law, I wouldn't have known sin. I wouldn't have known that. And here Paul is talking about his pet sin. It's the 10th commandment that if you have this sin, you are capable of committing all the other ten, breaking all the other 10 commandments to fulfill this one. And so Paul says, I would not have known what it was to covet. That means want something God doesn't want us to have. Hey. Who here has ever wanted something God didn't want you to have? Anyone? Yeah. That's a horrible place to be when you want something God wants to be, and you'll do whatever it takes to accomplish that as long as you have that sin of covetousness. you got to lose it. Paul said, I wouldn't have known what it was to covet if the law had not said you, you shall not, not covet. Right? The law, our old spouse, not, not only reveals sin, sin, but it riles up sin within us. Within us. J.J.? It, it riles up sin within us, <laughs> all right? First, uh, the, the next, next verse, verse 8. But sin, look, look at what sin does. That's just dirt, okay? The law kicks up the dirt. What see a piece of dirt right there They're coming at Bob. All right, you're, you're just, just getting over a respiratory thing. thing. Oh, this will be great. No. But, so <laughs> it not only reveals it, but it, it, it what, what it does is it, it riles it up. But sin, seized an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. Don't covet. Don't covet. What are you going to do? You hear, don't covet. Don't covet. Don't covet. Don't covet. Don't covet. Don't covet. What are you going to do, Trent? Covet. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't eat the last rib in the refrigerator, for that's for anybody going to my refrigerator for the ribs of the favorite community. Don't eat the last rib. What's going to happen? Emily, what did you have to resort to do for your leftovers in our refrigerator? Absolutely, don't eat it. And what happened? Yeah, she had to put her name on it. And until we experienced the wrath of Emily, we ate her leftovers, man, just because it said don't eat it. How many of y'all can identify with that? We have that rebellious nature. And that's what he's saying in here. He says, man, sin looks for an opportunity to take hold of me. And this was before he was saved. But if we're not careful, we can allow it to take hold of us here. But sin seized an opportunity through the commandment. I heard, don't do this. Oh, it produced in me all kinds of covetous desire to do that. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. Get this. This is our illustration. Apart, this is the law, right? All right? This is the law, Fernanda. And apart from this, all the dust under your feet here lie dead. It's not bothering you right now, is it? No, it's all good. But if I were to turn this full blast, and she's like, oh, please, Jesus, don't let him turn it. Kill his battery, don't let him. I'm not going to do it. But if I were to blow it all up in your face, it now makes it alive. As long as you don't have the law to show me what's wrong, I'm okay. I can justify it. I, I, I can make it work. How many of you ever tweak God's word to fit your lifestyle? Instead of tweaking your lifestyle to fit God's word. That's called, what is that called? Iniquity in the Old Testament is called iniquity. It's called perversion. You pervert God's word. You switch God's word. You tweak it to fit your lifestyle, to fit your current thing. Oh, this is okay. This is acceptable. This one, will... no. The law. Go read the law and let Him kick it up. It kicks it up, and now if you try to obey the law, what are you going to do if you try to obey it, Steve? What are you going to do if you try to obey it? You're going to fail. Instead, what we're supposed to do as believers now, we're married to Christ and say, man, I want to please you. Man, what do you want me to do? Because you love me. You love me and want the best for me. So I want to do what you want me to do. And he says, here's the power I'm giving you to do this and to do this. And all of a sudden, when you get this far in doing what God wants you to do, are you even paying attention to the law over there? No. You're not looking at the red button that says push me. You're not looking at it anymore. You've removed yourself. And by the way, that's a great way to deal with all addictions. It's not staring at the addiction and resist it and resist it. The great way is go go follow God. The best way to fight the devil is to follow God. Because now when you're over here doing what God wants, you aren't even thinking about that over there. You're following him. And you realize it works and how much he loves you. And then you fall in love with him because he loved you first. And the more you find out how much he loves you, the more you love him. All of a sudden, you're in a love relationship, and you don't even care about that over there anymore. But if you follow God, will you be following the law? Absolutely. You see, you're going to get to the same place. Well, you're not going to get to the same place. You're shooting for the same thing. Over here, when you're trying to follow the law, you're going to fail. When you're trying to follow Christ, because you love him and he loves you, you're going to succeed and you are going to be carrying out the law. That's what he's going to lead you to do. He's just saying, you can't do it on your own. But sin sees an opportunity through the commandment produced in me all kinds of covetedness. For apart from the law, sin lays dead. Law kicked it all up and made me see it. and Like, ooh, I want to breathe some. I want sarcoidosis. You know? That sounds ridiculous, right? I want sarcoidosis. I want to get sick. Is not the world doing that today? Is the world not blowing off God's law and doing their own thing, thinking they're not going to get sick, thinking there's going to be no consequences? Look, I was talking to some, Keone and I went for our uh, monthly haircut, go see my bald-headed barber and Vero. And when we go, we actually go get gizzards. Oh, my goodness, man. I don't know if any of y'all are gizzard fans. Is there any gizzard fans here at all? All right, good. I got a few that will admit to it, all right? Dude, Maryland fried chicken. We go there, Keone gets a big box. I get a big box. We get fries. We split it. He gets to make whatever drink he wants. he's, he's into Doctor Orange now. That's what he's making, Doctor Orange. And man, we were there. And man, we walk in and we walk in and we get our not our normal little seat. Keone's like, "Oh, that's not our normal seat because that lady's sitting in it." And it's like, "Yeah, it's all right. It'll be all right." We go over there, and, and this dude was sitting there with his wife, and he's like, "Hey, how you doing, man?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm doing good," you know. And he starts saying something. He said, I thought you were a believer. He said, I could tell you were a believer. And we start talking about Jesus in there. And we sit down. And we got on the subject of the family. He said, that's your grandson? He said, man, that's awesome. Did you get to hang out with him? He said, man, that's a family. I said, yeah, that's the very structure God used to build our society. A family is crucial. God, your family, your job, and everything else goes in that order there. We started talking about it, and he said, man, it's no wonder Satan has worked so hard to destroy the family. It's hard to keep the family together. So well, no wonder that Satan tried to destroy when it's the very basis of our society. But what has been butchered about our family Man, we could sit there and take a blackboard right now. If y'all know what a blackboard is, whiteboard for some of y'all a little older, or or a screen, we could have them type. But we could make a list of all the things Satan has done to destroy the family by redefining it. And redefining everything. Again, it's just what society has done right now. Very hard to, I can't even go into everything, it's very hard to have a single earner income family anymore it's almost impossible. There's so many things that God designed in a family that our society is totally messed up. But it's dirt on the floor, it's sin. And and, and law, you start looking at law and you're like, oh yeah, we can't do that today. We can't do this no more, we can't do that. You know what, maybe you can if you just trust God. Maybe, Maybe if that's what God puts in your heart to do, you can do it, maybe. I'm just saying if God tells you to do it, he can do it. You figure it out. Might be living a different standard of living. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just saying. But that's that's exactly how society does all these things. But sin seizing opportunity through the commandment produced in me all kinds of covenants. Apart from the law, sin lies dead. Man, you ever heard a preacher? Uh, you ever heard somebody say to a preacher, "Now you're going to meddling." <laughs> that's what they used to say back when people preached the word. Man, back in old preacher, fire and brimstone, man. I ain't got no fire and brimstone compared to back in the day, man. But then people be like, Ooh, now you're going to meddling, preacher. <laughs> You've been looking at my window and you see what's going on. No, what he did is he pulled the trigger on the law and the law went to meddling. and changed what you thought was your comfortable Christianity because God's always taking us closer to him. Let's keep going real quick. All right. The law, our old spouse, ruined our sinful life. I already brought that up. It ruined, you could not enjoy sin anymore once you knew the law. Especially if you're a Christian, that's not what he's talking about here. But man, once you know, we were talking, who were we talking about in scripture the other night? Was it Rahab the prostitute? And we got into, you guys know the story, it was on Monday night, by the way, you can come join us tomorrow night on Monday night, Zoom, 6.30, get there through our website. But we were talking about Rahab. He said, okay, so Rahab, she was a prostitute on the wall, of Jericho. The Jews were going to come in. Israel was going to come in, and they were going to conquer Jericho. And as soon as they sent two spies in, she took them in, and she hid them, right? And she hid the spies, and, um, and, and then she knew the guys were coming to look, so she hid them under the flax. So they said, ooh, where are those spies that came? She said, oh, they were here, but they're long gone. She lied. Is it okay to lie? Is it okay to lie if it was going to protect the spies that God sent there? Is it okay to lie? And, and, and it's a big ethical debate in seminary classes right now. Is it okay to lie or is it not? And and the bottom line is it's not okay to lie, but she was a, a brand-new believer. God had given her faith to believe in God Almighty that he was going to give the Israelites that city. And she was. The only, everybody believed it was going to happen, but she was the only one with the guts to change her team. She wanted to change teams. I don't want to be on the Jericho team. I want to be on the Israelite team. She didn't know any better. And you know what? God can use that. But once you know it's wrong to lie, Gabriel, Kayla, if you know it's wrong to lie, is, it, is the Holy Spirit can ever go, oh, go ahead and lie, Caitlin and Gabriel? You think the Holy Spirit's ever gonna? Hey, do you ever think that Trent? Holy Spirit said, Trent, it's gonna benefit the kingdom if you lie. Go ahead. No, it's not. There's a God's got another way, but you got to have faith. But once you know it's wrong to lie, it's wrong to lie. And once you know the law, that's why it is, no, I don't want to hear that. I already know enough things about the law, and I don't want to know anymore. I, quit stirring it up! Isn't that what the world says about you? Quit stirring it up! So guess what? At work, you're quiet. Guess what? In your neighborhood, you're quiet. Guess what? In that relationship, you're quiet. Guess what? Wherever you're at, you're quiet because... Who wants to be a troublemaker and stir stuff up? If you do, you got other issues, and that's not the purpose. The purpose is not to be a troublemaker and stir it up, the purpose is to reveal the truth in love. Because one day this world's going to end, and people are going to be separated forever. And it's going to be based on God's truth. The law, our old spouse, ruined our sinful lives. I was once look what he says I was once alive apart from the law I was totally cool running around in my dust doing my thing licking the floor eating sarcodosis man I was totally cool in all of that then you revealed it to me you made me go overboard and now I'm sick I can't enjoy it anymore I was once alive apart from the law but when the commandment came sin came alive and I died because the consequence of the sin is death. Once I knew it was wrong, now it's wrong and I do it, I've disobeyed and God's not going to let it succeed if He loves me. <laughs> That'd be a worse thing if you if you just keep getting away and getting away with it, know that one day you got what kind of heart do you got, Michelle? If the Holy Spirit's convicting you and convicting you and you don't hear it, you got a hard, calloused heart. Because you've been blowing Holy Spirit off for so long. That's the most dangerous place you could ever find yourself. Where you can resist God's word. (laughs) That's a horrible place to be. When God's taking his hand off you. We want a sensitive heart. I was once alive apart from the law. But when the commandment came in, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. In other words, the commandment was only giving me life if I could actually do it, but I can't do it. I see my hair is messed up, Rita. I see it's messed up, but I can't fix it because I don't have a comb. And certainly the mirror, I'm trying in the mirror to fix it, and it's just not working out. That's the law was never meant to fix it. It was to reveal it, and you have to, who do you have to come to to get it fixed? Christ. That's what you continually have to come to is Christ. That's what legalism is. Satan would love you to keep treading water. You're out there on a surfboard out in the ocean and you got leashed to the surfboard. Where would you be on the surfboard or off the surfboard? On On it. That's Christ. That's God. The leash is Christ holding us to the board. What an idiot if you're saved and you have Christ as the leash and God as the board and you're treading water, trying to obey his law. How long can you tread water? And you know, somebody could die even be hooked to the surfboard, being hooked, because they don't get this. It's about, we're married to Christ, we're not married to the law. Man, if you're out there, it do not even matter how rough it gets, just hold on to that surfboard. Hold on to the surfboard. in that leash, are you holding on to the leash or is the leash holding on to you? leash is holding on to you. That's Christ. Man, get on. What do you want me to do now and do it? The very commandment that promised life to me became death to me because I couldn't do it. I kept trying to tread water. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment deceived me and through it killed me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't do it. Sin... Uh, again, it stirred it up. It, it, I, I had to make a choice of either getting rid of it or, or, or getting used to it. And if I got used to it, all of a sudden it made me sick. It hurt me. It killed me and deceived me and it killed me. And, and guess what? I'm in a bad place. And that's called a tribulation period. And when you're in that bad place, that's when God wants you to come to him. That's what God's point. Uh, that's why he allows that to happen. The law, our old spouse, this is the end. The law, our old spouse, left us with no other option. When you're in that bad place, when you're in that place where you've just given up because you're you're, you're not a winner, you're a loser, man, you can't do it, you just can't do it, you can't succeed, you keep making the same mistakes, you're stuck, it leaves you with no other option than to get right with God by being born again. You come in this world in Adam's family, married to the law. You have no say about that, but you have a say of where you stay. If you want to be born again, it's because God's given you a desire to be born again. He's given you a desire to surrender everything, get that, everything you know about yourself to everything you know about him and establish an intimate relationship. That's what marriage is an intimate relationship. So it left us with no other option than to get right with God by being born again. And then now we live in Christ's righteousness. JT, man, is it easier to just follow the book? Follow the book or just say, God, what do you want me to do now? And do it. God, what do you want me to do now? And do it. Because every step he gives you to do, he'll empower you to be able to do it. So look at Romans uh, We'll go back to verse 4. We've already looked at it, so we'll look at it for more, but it just tells this point. Likewise, my brothers, you have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another. You died. When you got saved, when you give your life to Christ, you die. You die along with Christ when Christ died so that you may belong to him, the one who has been raised from the dead, and the purpose is for you to bear fruit for God. So what's your purpose once you get saved, Selma? Man, you listen good when you're asleep. No, but no, that's good. Yeah, but no, no, that's awesome. But that is, that's our purpose. So if God's purpose is for us to bear fruit, once we're married to him, do you think he's going to give you everything you need to bear fruit? So if you're not bearing fruit, whose fault is it? Yours, because you're over here trying to bear fruit on your own, man. But with him, you just follow him and the fruit comes. It just happens. Oh, let me ask you one thing about fruit. Do you know a lot about fruit? Are you a fruititarian? Are you close? Do you know how fruit trees work? All right, here's a tough question. Does fruit grow on the trunk or does it grow out on the limb? Yeah, and that's the problem for many of us. We're too afraid to go out on the limb. We got to go out on the limb He's going to lead you out on the limb. He's going to say, do this. You say, what do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do now, God? And he says, do this. You're like, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. All right, let's take a step back. What else would you have me to do, God? And he says, do this. No, 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 not that, not that. Uh, God, what else? Uh, How about this? Come on, God. All right, I'm going to pick one of these three. God, is there anything else but that? It's like, because every time when you ask him, he really wants you to go out on the limb for him. And when you go out on the limb, what's out there? Fruit. That's the abundant life. You're not married to the law. Quit trying to be like, okay, section 32a.295 says I got to do this and I can't do it. No, I'm married to him. What do you want me to do, honey? (laughs) Don't call God, honey, unless you really are. I'm just saying. I'm trying to make it real, man. What do you want me to do, love of my life? That's for real what do you want me to do, love of my life? I want you to do this. but Isn't that kind of going out on the limb? Yeah, you don't trust me? (laughs) No. (laughs) He said, well, you got to. Just trust me. And you go out on the limb. He doesn't let you down. Instead, there's fruit. But that's what he wants. All right, JJ, next one. While we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused the law. We were at work, and I remember the fruit. Go in the next verse, and we'll end right there. We should probably end right there. But now we're released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in a new way in the Spirit, and not the old way of the written code. That's what we talked about earlier. What do you want me to do now, God? Do it. God's law revealed our sin. It riled up our sin, and it ruined our sinful life. Can you imagine the audacity of that? How many of y'all had that happen? He revealed sin, he riled it up, and then he ruined your sinful life where you can't enjoy sin anymore. Right? Leaving us with no other option than to get right with God by being born again, leaving the Adams family, and being born again and living in Christ's righteousness. We're married to Christ, not the law. So don't serve the law, serve Christ. Let's pray. Father, I am grateful. I will never look at this blower the same way again. Um, Father, I really didn't understand even what the law, what the purpose of the law. How to explain it, uh, Father? I pray that we would always be in Your Word, not looking to obey Your Word, and that sounds so like unchristian, so sacrilegious. But to realize that if we try to obey Your Word, we're going to fail. But Father. It would let us know what it is, what the law is, what your standard is, what your righteousness is. And then we would remember that we are married to you. And as we try to please you, that you will give us everything we need. Desire, ability, power, through that resurrection power to do what you want us to do. And when we do what you want us to do, we will be fulfilling the law. Help us understand the difference between trying to carry out the law and pleasing the one who loves us more than anyone. Father, it's so different. It's so much easier to just follow you. But we need to dedicate ourselves to your word so that we know what it is. Father, I pray the opportunities we have this week to stir up sin by revealing the law, we would do that because that's what you've left us here to do. I pray we would do it in love and in truth. I pray, Father, we'd resist the opportunities for us to actually break the law again by following you. But Father, I'm grateful that you've given us the desire and ability to surrender our lives to you, and if there's somebody here today that's never given their life to you, Father, I pray that today would be the day that you give them a desire they can't refuse and they'd surrender everything they know about themselves, everything they know about you. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name.